With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tamaño de la porción. Are you taking a Spanish class right now or something? No. Just the can. You're just... Oh, you're off-brain, Dr. Pepper. Tamaño de la porción. I have no... What is that? What is that, actually? Serving size. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I expected it to be. I expected it to be something like an ingredient or something. That's way cooler, though. It does sound way cooler. You're right. Agua carbonatada. Marks, Neil and Dallas Stars podcast, along with Chris Chambers and Brian Chambers, and we are back. How day? It's been a while, Chris. How you doing? I am doing fantastically. You said to add the ly at the end there. Yes, that emphasizes its emotion. Fantastically, so that means yes. you're just extra fantastic? I am extra fantastic because the Aggies <laughs> beat the Gators, and... Oh, okay, but th- uh, that was and, a lucky fumble. That was and, a lucky fumble and, at and, the end of the game. Hold on, I'm trying to make us lose a portion <laughs> of our audience, and the T-Sips lost to OU. Oh, what a great like a, day. That's going to be like a good 60% of our audience right there. Great, great day in football today. Yeah. Oh, at least LSU lost too, though, right? They lost to yeah, Missouri. They suck. <laughs> we already knew they sucked. Yeah, the defending national champions. Yeah, Texas still <laughs> they, had a chance. They suck. They suck. All right, Chris. Let's get to actually what we're supposed to be talking about, which is all the Dallas Stars stuff. Cricket. So. Yeah, sorry about us being all non-existent for the past week and a half. <laughs> I just it was hard after... doing a podcast every other yeah. day for two months. And we did it. And then after that game in game six, I just couldn't take it. That was just way too hard. And, and lower your you... standards a little bit. We got There's like 50 <laughs> of y'all watching. Man, Chill out, was, guys. Man, it was just extremely hard to watch. Just the faces of all the all the players afterwards. And knowing how beat up all of our guys were, which we'll talk about here in a second. Yeah, but I made myself watch the trophy ceremony too. It was, you it watched? Was, it was oh, sad. I, I didn't. I, I didn't. watched it. I made myself watch the whole thing. I, I watched until the fat lady started singing when that clock hit zero in the third period. And after that, I was just like, okay, turning it off. And I went into deep depression for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And... Uh, you know, after that game, there was a lot of stuff going on Twitter. And at least for the most part, what I noticed, there was a lot of good stuff that was being said. The A lot of Stars fans understood the 
the ramifications of this. They're away from their families other than Justin Dowling and Corey Perry for that last little bit. And, you know, they're away, they're away from their families. They're in a place they're not as familiar with up in Edmonton. They're stuck with, you know, very minimal people. They're not allowed to be around anybody. And they gave every last little bit until the, their very dying breath. Um, you couldn't ask much more from them. And especially game five, after game five, I just, there there was something in the, in the pit of my stomach that was like, that's it. Cause just with all, all the injuries that we had, we, we just couldn't, we, we, we couldn't match it. Had too many injuries. It felt like, uh, the Colorado series, except this time we were Colorado. Big sad. All right. So let's just talk about all the injuries. And I mean, it is a lengthy list extensive uh, extensive it's huge uh thank you for matt defranks for <laughs> uh making it kind of easy on us to find all the stuff i mean there's 13 players on this list that's, that's a lot of players that's half of the starters for the yeah. for this team so all right so first off let's just get this um james i'm gonna say i'm just gonna go through these and we can talk about these one by one in a second all right so Jamie Benn, he had shoulder surgery just before the pandemic. Blake Como had a separated shoulder. Jason Dickinson had angel and foot injuries. Roddick Fox had a broken... What did I say? Angel. Angel? (laughs) I said angel and foot surgeries. Ankle and foot injuries. (laughs) Ankle and foot injuries. and foot injuries. There we go. There we go. Um, Fox had a broken wrist. Where he said that. Rope Hintz had a fractured ankle and an injured hip. Um, Tyler Sagan, who we all knew was hurt. Came Turns out, out he was very hurt. Very hurt. <laughs> a torn labrum in his hip. That's I so bad I don't even know what a labrum is. It's extremely <laughs> painful. I actually did a little bit of research on this one in particular because this was the injury that everybody was talking about during the bubble. And it turns out that he's going to have surgery on it to get it fixed and he's going to be out for four months. So if you do the math, he's not going to be available for the beginning of the season, which is now January first. Yes, which is now, which we now know. For January those who do 1st. not know, so that's what they're aiming for. At least that's what uh, the commissioner said at the beginning of the NHL draft. So they're shooting for January first instead of December first. Which, honestly, I'm kind of glad they are because I think everybody realized after the playoffs were over that especially those two teams, the Lightning and the Stars, they needed a little bit more of a break rather than just... Yeah, I'm due for uh, a break too, months. goodness. I know, we needed it. <laughs> we were severely tired after all those games. Anyways, okay. So Tyler Sagan had a torn labrum in his hip, and he was playing through it every single game. He was never out. Uh, Taylor Fadoon, he had a knee injury. Essa Lindell uh, had an injured hand, and for some reason, the autocorrect on my iPad... When I spelled Essa, it went to C, like S-E-A. I don't know why. I hate autocorrect. Anyways, Ben Bishop had knee surgery back in May, and that's why he was basically unfit to play except for those two games that he really screwed up. Um, John Kleinberg had an injured shoulder that happened in the round robin. So he was playing through the entire playoffs with an injured soldier. And playing great. <laughs> and playing great. And Mira Haskinen, and everyone, I noticed this was saying that 
in the Vegas series and in the Stanley Cup Finals, he was not as visible as he was in the in the Calgary series and the Colorado series. And now we know why. Yep. He injured his hip in the Vegas series, and I think he said it was in Game Three or in Game Four. Tough then, to skate when your hip don't on, work. Yeah, and then on top of all of this, our our goalie Anton Hudobin. He couldn't feel his, his hands. He couldn't feel his hands, <laughs> and somehow he lived. Maybe so, that's the secret. And, and we. <laughs> And we all knew we all knew how beat up this team was, especially game three, game four of the Stanley Cup Finals. But I did not realize that it was this bad. Did you think yeah. it was this bad? I didn't think I didn't. I had no idea about Klinger and Miro. No, no clue. I thought Hints was hurt. We knew Fox was hurt at the end. We we knew Sagan was hurt. I didn't realize it was that bad. That, I, I almost wish he didn't skate on that, <laughs> but I'm glad it's not he didn't re-injure it or anything. Uh, ben always has a problem. Bishop Bishop was super shocking because that happened in May, is what I heard. So yep, the NHL went into lockdown, and he said, "Well, I guess now's a good time to go ahead and get that surgery over with." And so and he did it, like, and then oh, we're, we're gonna play hockey now, and it's like, well, uh, RTP, I'll, baby, I'll try. <laughs> And it didn't work, <laughs> but so that that's why I think that's why that the nature of that injury was so weird because it was confusing, right? It's like how is he able to play but not, <laughs> and that's right. why he was recovering. He could move, but not the way he could before. <laughs> right. So that's why it was so weird. It just answers all those questions, like why Sagan was so slow because his hip was whatever that he couldn't weird skate word right. was. Yeah, he can't skate. A torn labrum whatever labrum is but it, it's yeah. it, it's like a it, it's a very specific part of the hip that is just it's crucial especially to skating more than anything yeah so it's, it it just makes the run even more fantastic in my mind yeah because really if you does. think about like there was only two injuries on that list that happened in the final round right yeah yep. that that's nuts <laughs> so yeah that's just awesome run especially now seeing how banged up they were but i think at the very least that just shows the guts that this team had and how much they sacrificed for our enjoyment yay hockey well, and then when you really think about it when you look at the defense our top four defense and that was one of the big stories after anton hudovin being the biggest story the next biggest story was our top four defensemen just absolutely killing it and doing really well well out of the four, three of them were hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Woof. And the, and they were playing twenty plus minutes a night. And then Taylor and then Taylor Fredoon, who is playing on the third on the third pairing, was hurt as well. And we we just could not catch a break to save our lives at the end there. And you know, I, I got to give the full team full props for the incredible journey that they gave us. And, you know, not many fan bases can say they only have to wait for three months to see their team play again. Yeah, that's never going to happen again. the Lightning. <laughs> Us and the Lightning are the only teams that are allowed to say that. And, that, and I thought about that today when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about. There have been some teams, poor Jack Eichel, that haven't played in 
10 months. Yeah, that's and crazy. It, 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 will, it will be 10 months when the season, assuming the season starts January 1st. So. Sucks to be them. Yeah. So <laughs> as much as it hurt to watch freaking Pat Maroon raise the freaking Stanley Cup, I hate that guy. Um, We got to watch hockey. And that's what it's all about. It's the greatest sport in the world. And we were, we, you know, we were gifted with an incredible run. And honestly, I only think this makes us better. Um, I'm kind of half and half. And you, and you can di- agree or disagree with me on this and uh, to this question. Do you think that that was it? That that was the Stars' opportunity, and now we're just on the decline, kind of like the Predators were back in 2017, and now they're just on the downward spiral? Or do you think this just helps us? That's just the one extra step to get us to this Stanley Cup. What do you think? I think it very well could be the last opportunity, but there's a reason we signed Pavelski to a longer contract than just one or two years, right? We're giving ourselves a window. But it kind of comes down to if Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan decide to play better than they did last year. Last year, they obviously did not play up to their contracts. If they can find a way to get back to playing that way, to playing to their contracts, I think the window is definitely still open, especially if Hintz and Guryanov keep getting better. So I think lining up, getting getting our older guys playing the way they used to and getting our younger guys playing to their potential could be where it lines up. But if Ben and Sagan have another year like they did this year, and they're just not great, then I think it's it's going to be the same. I think we'll be conference finals contenders, but I think I think a cup is is tough if those guys keep playing the way they did this year. Well, and all the rumors now, have you heard where Petro may be going? <laughs> Far away from the West? No. <laughs> I think conference finals. Vegas. Apparently. He met with Vegas today, so that would really suck for us. Bad Vegas. Yes. Bad Vegas. Stop no. that. Stop. Stop. Well, they tra- that, they traded Statsny out so that they could have that. That's better than the Blues, I guess. You don't have to play him five times. <laughs> yeah, but freaking Tory Krug signed with the Blues. Eh. Tory Krug. Tory Krug. Krug. Schmoog. <laughs> That's what I have to say to that. All right, all right. So let's close the book on the postseason. As much as I hate Done. to say it. Done. Door slammed. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the NHL draft. All right. Um. We Honestly, got broke way. We... <laughs> I freaking hate you. You're doing it freaking on purpose. So with the first uh with the first round pick for the stars, thirtieth overall, the stars selected Maverick Bork out of the QMJHL, which that which Nil is not really known for taking players out of the QMJHL. And uh a lot of people honestly thought with how willing he is to go out there and select uh, Russians and Europeans from other leagues across the seas that he would take that he would take Paterka, but uh, he didn't. He didn't. He went with the safe pick, which was the Canadian out of uh, 
Eastern Canada. So Which is shocking. Yeah, especially it, for the way Mill has drafted in the past. <laughs> right. He's he is a big firm believer of just take the best player that's available regardless of what you actually need or not. Which yeah. in in a way it does make sense. Cuz I I mean like when you look at certain teams like I don't know Toronto. So Toronto is very what? Offensive or defensive heavy? Well, very I'm, offensive heavy. I'm getting heavy. grilled here. <laughs> yes, very offensive heavy. So they they traded uh, Andreas Janssen today to you know to kind of get some more of those bottom six kind of guys and to relieve some cap. So it, it's not always that you just pick the player that's best in the position that you need right then and there. And I'm kind of glad they did it that way because that they've been doing it that way. But uh, this was a very safe pick for for Jim Nell on the Stars. Yeah, I I am a little worried about his his skill ceiling that we have here. So the main things that I've read about him is that he's a good playmaker. So he does have he's got a heck ton of assists, especially this past season. He had a uh, yeah forty two assists in in forty nine games played, which that's a lot of assists. So he's a pretty good passing boy, but he's also only five eleven. And only weighs 185 pounds, so he's not exactly the most athletic specimen that we've ever seen. But I mean, if he's a great puck possessor, I mean, I guess he could be good. I, I'm just worried that he he's not going to be up to NHL caliber quick enough just based on size alone. Because if you're a bigger guy, it's easier to get you up there. That's why Nachushkin was able to come play with us so quick. Like, <laughs> he was big and strong. But this guy is pretty much the opposite. Well, I mean, there's plenty of players that have been small that have done really well in the NHL. The one that yeah. really sticks out in my mind is Martin St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, he, I'm just he, saying he it's, easier, the... it's easier to be good in the NHL when you're already big. It, it, I will not disagree with you. That does help a ton. But and, and I know that the the trend in the NHL is to go with guys that are six foot and above. And I mean, I even think that the average height is going to go up in the next decade or so, maybe up to six two, six three. But those those little guys can still play. Like well, uh, he's not little. He's like he's like the exact medium. Well, no, he's <laughs> he's considered small. He's oh, considered he is now. Sm- Five eleven is small. Considered small in the NHL now. That's why he Man. was he was waited on. I wish and I was five eleven. So the the and, and here's another player that I I know of because I watched the the draft. I think it was either last year or the year year before. But there is a Montreal Canadiens draft pick, who is an American who came up through the United States uh, National Development Program, and his name is Cole Caulfield. And I mean he's a tiny dude. I, I think he's like five eight maybe. Maybe I, I think I've, I'm pretty close. Maybe give or take an inch. I it's am some, five eight. It, it's something <laughs> like it's something like that. But the guy can score in in his yeah, draft but this guy year. Can't score, <laughs> but but he does a lot of things right. But in, in what I'm what I'm basically getting at is as good as Cole Caulfield is, he's better than Maverick Bork in my opinion. He has a higher ceiling than Maverick Bork, and Caulfield will be on the Canadians roster. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but definitely next year. Um, but those little guys can score. 
they can. And Maverick Bork, I think, is going to be one of those players for us. Yeah, well, he's got a way to go. Let's see if he, he can. If he can work. Yeah, we definitely wouldn't be seeing him. Like, at best, he's here in three years. Maybe. And that'd be well, with him working really hard and figuring something out. But Well, we know we yeah. said the same thing about uh, Thomas Harley. And it's been about three it, years. I mean, <laughs> other, other, yeah, other than the fact that we went out and got some other, some other people, which we'll talk about in a second, he was slotted in to be in the Stars starting lineup before free agency started, before we went out and got this other guy. So, I'm uh, bitter. <laughs> <laughs> so Harley looked okay in the one game that he had in the bubble, but I, I just don't think he's ready and. Honestly, I think more time at the AHL level being a top two defenseman will be better suited for him than being up in the bottom pairing on the NHL team. Even though we obviously know he would want he would rather be at the NHL level. But I feel like our top four is pretty solidified at this point. So Okay, anyways, so we, we totally got off track there with the NHL draft, but uh here's the other picks that we got. Um, 123rd overall, so we didn't have a second or a third round pick because of uh, previous trades that we had made. Trades. Uh, but our, with our fourth round pick, 123rd overall, we took Antonio Strangez. I, I think I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. But what I've seen on this guy and on this kid is that he is one of the best skaters in the NHL draft this year. So I thought that was really interesting com- considering that all the way in the fourth round uh, – you know, he's one of the best skaters, which kind of tells me that a lot of his other skills are very lacking and behind all of these other guys. So, um, at 154th overall, we took a center named Daniel Lungman. The Jungman. I have no idea how to pronounce that. Uh, at 162nd overall, we took uh, Yevgeny Oksinkyuk. <laughs> Try and say that 20 times fast. And then at 185, uh, Overall, we took a goalie, Remy Poirier. I'm just yeah, so those names. Yeah, that guy. So I'll do more. I'll do more research on those guys, and we'll get back to y'all on that. But especially those top two, Maverick Bork. He's he's not a flashy player. He's not going to be a flashy player that's gonna skate around you and Nathan McKinnon you or Connor McDavid you or anything like that. But he is a very solid guy who, like you said, Chris, is going to be a really good playmaker in the NHL, or at least he's slated to be that way. Antonio Strangez definitely is the flashy player, though. <laughs> yes, he definitely has the speed. He's quick, and uh, wasn't he? Was didn't he score a uh, a lacrosse goal? He did score a lacrosse. Yeah, he goal. scored he a lacrosse goal. Nahu, yeah, yeah. So he is definitely a young kid who likes to make plays. So let's see if he could take that and channel it into <laughs> some work, actually. And try and make the NHL, and then we might get, we might find a lucky pick down there if he could. I mean, his skill ceiling is really high. It's a risky choice because, again, this guy's even smaller. He's five ten, and right. I think I read something that like he has the strength of like a ten year old child. Oh, <laughs> I read that. On, I read that on one of the draft things, <laughs> but. The kid's got some skills, so if if you want the stars to finally draft a flashy player, keep your eyes on Antonio. Well, but honestly, strength is something that can be taught. Obviously, because they have well, a strength and conditioning. Coach. Taught. <laughs> but go I mean, lift heavy things, dude. 
Right, that's basically it. So, so he just needs somebody to motivate him and get behind him. And, you know, maybe Rich Peverly can do that for him, the player development coach for the Stars. Or coordinator, not coach. Coordinator. Whatever. He does something uh, with those young guys. Yeah, he does something. He's really good, apparently. So, Okay, so we're, like, you know, flying through all this stuff because we've missed so much stuff. And But, uh, so we It's all happening so fast. It happened in, like, I, two I, weeks. It had to. <laughs> it, I mean, it had to. With the way everything was, you had the NHL draft, and then, like, three days later, you got free agency. It's like, it's like the season never ended. Like, this stuff just keeps happening. Yep. Quiet Lots NHL. of stuff. Yeah, I feel I, I keep watching the the videos that Shannon keeps putting up, the hockey guy, and, and he's just like, dude, there's just so much stuff going on. And we're not gonna go over it all tonight, but we got a lot of trades to talk about and a lot of signings to talk about. So we'll talk about them another time. Put the scissors down, Christian. Okay. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> if if, if I found only scissors. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Okay. Keep going. Whatever. Okay. Yay. Okay. Free agency. Um, we gotta say goodbye to a couple players. Boo hoo. Um, so we gotta say goodbye to Matthias Yanmark, as Chris does, the world's smallest violin. Um, Gavin Bayreuther, who he just never got an opportunity here, and hopefully he gets his opportunity in with the Columbus Blue Packets. As yeah, the Blue Packets. The Blue Packets. Why not yellow packets or red packets? They're the blue jackets, and that rhymes with blue packets. The boo, the boo packets. That's the boo bad. Boo packets. Okay, keep going. Okay, and then we have to say goodbye to our Lord and Savior Corey Perry. Unfortunately, poor guy. I know, he, and he was. He's such gonna a big go hero try and get five. some bank. Um. So so before we go on, we're. So we uh, we already mentioned that Bayreuther is going to sign it with uh, Columbus. Where do you think Yanmark's going? You think he'll go back to Detroit? I don't know. <laughs> Any idea? <laughs> no idea. He's going to go somewhere where they will give him money. So basically, that's my hot take anywhere. for the day. Yeah, pretty much anywhere. Whoever okay. will, whoever will take him, <laughs> that's where he will go. I don't see him as a very high sought after guy. Well, but, the, and, and I mean, I mean, we, I'm not saying he's not good. He's he he was a good bottom six guy, but I mean, dime well, a dozen. <laughs> yeah, we we talked about this so much with him, and Nil gave him chance after chance after chance after chance, and kept him around. And even after he had the injury riddled season where he didn't play for a full year because of his injuries, uh, he still kept him around. Nil did, and then. He just proved more than anything, even in the even in the bubble playoffs, he just could not finish. Could yeah. not finish. Well, he's and, he's a, and that's he's it. A, yeah, he's a scout's dream, right? Right. <laughs> so, so a scout finds this guy. He's like, oh, this guy's not scoring, but he's playing great. But he keeps not scoring. So I mean, it's, I guess it's not going to happen. Well, and he played well with Pavalski. Yeah. Like him and Pavalski had some chemistry going. Yeah, on but, there. but guess what? No finish. He no didn't goal. score. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's the guy that always could be great. Hopefully, he figures it out somewhere else where we're not paying him for not scoring. <laughs> and I really hope Corey Perry gets. Oh, excuse me. I, th- I right. hope he gets another shot. I because... hope he goes to the Eastern Conference where we don't have to play him. <laughs> right. 
Because now hey, that he's not on our team, I hate him again. He, he can go to the Rangers. Go, <laughs> yeah, go play go, with, go play with the Rangers. Go play with Lafarnier and Panarin and all that stuff. Okay. All right, so let's get to the stuff that we actually care about now, unfortunately, since we had to say goodbye to those three. Um, we almost had to say goodbye to this guy. Uh, Mr. Anton Hudobin is returning to the stars. Thank goodness. What a and wild ride, opinion. too. I know, yeah. As soon as as soon as UFA contract signing w- was open, it, it that was such a crazy two hours. <laughs> like he went to every team, and then he came back to the stars. And it was like, fine. okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. stay. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you go and read the article, there's several ar- articles that are on. I think like uh, Mike Heike did one, Matthew DeFranks did one. Uh, and... Dobby did an interview too, kind of talking yeah. about it. He, right, he's kind of hard to understand, but I mean. <laughs> But he, and one of the things that stood out to me the whole time is that he never wanted to leave. He never wanted to leave, and I I don't think the stars ever wanted them to leave either. But the the thing that they had to be careful with is they had the money to resign him, maybe for a little bit more expensive than they wanted to, just given the fact of who they have to resign again, which we'll talk about in a second. But I I think this is a pretty good cap hit. So he's he signed for three years with an average cap hit of three point three three million dollars, and for the first year it's two and a half, and then for the second and the third it's three and three quarters, so three point seven five. Yeah. So and then you and I were talking about this on off the air, but uh, why is that second and third year so much more than the first year? Yeah. Well, well first of all. I love Dobby, but to be honest, I don't love this contract. But it is written in a way that helps the stars more. So he's taking he's taking the first year with like half a mil less than he will in the last two years. And that's obviously for the expansion draft coming up. The Seattle team, for those of you who don't know, will be coming in after this coming season. And then there will be an expansion draft where they can select one player from each team throughout the league. So they're trying to make it less desirable to take an expensive old goaltender. So they're trying to add three and three quarters at three and three quarters mil for two years at 36 years old. So they're trying to make sure that he doesn't get picked up by him. But for how expensive we're paying for a backup goaltender, I almost wish we had because I like Ottinger. I think he played he played in garbage time during the playoffs, but he played well. He's played well in preseason games that he's played in. I thought this was the time for him to get a chance. I'm worried that we're not going to give him a chance soon enough, which we have been known to do to goalie prospects yeah, <laughs> like we, Jake we, Campbell. <laughs> but and, we, and we, who else did we do? I think we did that with Desrosé. Yes, so Desrosé. We're notorious for it, but... and, and and we used to be really good about it because yeah. you know when you when you think about it, we had Ed Belfour, and he came in as a free agent. But after the free agent signing of him, who do we have after that? We had Mario Turco, and then after Mario Turco, who do we have? Mike Smith, and yeah. then it just two really like... good goalies that came from our farm system, right? Right, and it seems just like ever since Mike Smith left and got traded to Tampa all those years ago. And I mean, now he's bounced around the league, but ever since he left, that backup role has been terrible. 
until Dobby came here. So I I am happy with this contract. I think we're paying him more for what he did rather than what he's going to do in the future. Would you say that? Well, I do not not really even because you're you're spending your money where it's most important. So in the NHL, the most important position is goaltending. Every because time. It's, uh, it's the one position where you can steal the game. If you win a Stanley Cup, you have a great goaltender. Vasilevsky played outstanding all playoffs. Dobby played crazy good. Leonard played awesome for Vegas. You're going to have a good goalie if you're going to go far in the playoffs. You're never going to win a Stanley Cup without a great goalie. Well, and don't don't forget Varlama. Varlamov looked good for most of it. Yeah. Well, there's a lot. We could talk about like all seven of them that stole many playoff games. But now we have solidified the best goaltending tandem for three more years. Ben Bishop has three years left on his contract. We added Dobby for three more years. And if we can keep both of them through the expansion draft and they keep playing well, which I don't see any reason why they wouldn't, then we keep having the best goaltending in the league. So it's expensive for a backup goalie. Yes, obviously. But look at what he did. Look, look at what he at did what and he did. look at what the position is. And I have to keep telling myself that, but <laughs> it's he expensive. He, he, the only raise he got, which a lot of people were expecting him to go higher. Honestly, some people were saying he, he could go and get $4 million. I think he could have. And, and you know what? I bet you there were some teams that probably offered him pretty close to $4 million, uh, an average cap hit of $4 million. But at the end of the day, he wanted to stay here in Dallas because he knows he doesn't have that much long left, and he likes the team here. He likes the people here. And, and if you like free agents, keep voting red so that we keep our income tax <laughs> low because <laughs> that brings so many guys. If, like, But honestly, though, do you remember the only reason we won the uh, the Radulov lottery was because our income tax was lower. We had the exact same offer as the Canadians. That was hilarious. So <laughs> yep. vote Stars Hockey. <laughs> keep income tax low. Low income tax. Okay. Only for hockey. That's right, the only okay. reason. <laughs> and then let, let me get to you about uh, Jay Gottinger as well, because Jay Gottinger is still very young. He's in a he's, weird place now. He's only I, – I, I disagree. Uh, he is the future of the star. He's supposed to take over. That's what's expected of him, right? Would you say that? Yes. When, when, Bishop, is, when Bishop is gone, when Dobby is gone, he is expected to take over. Now – I think the best thing for his development, he is not a Carter Hart, okay? He's not a Carter Hart. He's not a Samsonov. He's not somebody that can jump into these roles as a younger goaltender. And typically, goaltenders don't, you know, they don't just get thrown in when they're 18. Even Askarov, who got, uh, he got uh, drafted at Ottinger's getting, Ottinger's 21 now. That's still incredibly young. So he's but he by could, the end of by the end of the a, three year contract, twenty four years old, that's pretty old to be waiting behind but you, that's, guys. But that's still that's still you could get fifteen years out of him as a starter, assuming he gets to forty. At least at least ten years, you would think, assuming he stays with the stars from the t- till the time he's thirty five. So he he needs to be playing, and 
I know he will get some games, especially with how injury riddled Bishop gets and as great as he is. And Bishop will probably play something like 50 to 55 games. And then the backup would have played like 30 to 35, assuming we get a full 82 game schedule or whatever. But he can play way more at the AHL level and get and play 60, 65 games rather than half of that at the NHL level. And I know, I know it's not a, as high a level as the NHL, but he can, he can be relied upon as that number one starter, and that's what we need him for. I think Hudobin gets taken in the expansion draft if he plays just as well this year as he did in the playoffs and as he did in the regular season. I, I mean, regardless of his his cap hit or whatever, and because I mean we have I mean we have to protect Bishop, right? His M- MNC is there. His no movement trait, no movement clause. So we have to protect him. So I, I'm I'm going to disagree with you on the fact that Ottinger should have been given the chance. Because so I you think, think you think Dobby is bait and that he's gone after this year. I don't think they're using him as bait. I'm hoping that they're that they're keeping him, but I think he is gone. I I, I think. I mean, yeah. when you look, see, that you, would be different. There I have think... been, yeah. When you look at this is goalie apocalypse, this free agency. I mean, every, like, I mean, we'll talk about it maybe a couple of days from now. But every goaltender has changed. I mean, Matt Murray, Henrik Lundqvist, Brian Holtby, Jacob Markstrom. I mean. Cam Talbot, I mean, the, the list goes on. There's like a good 10 to 15 notable goaltenders, some who still haven't been signed, who are just like playing, you know, musical chairs with all the different teams. So, I mean, not many places are going to have two incredible goaltenders. And I, as much as I hate to say it, I, I think he's gone. It's hard for me to just so one year I think is fine. One year for Ottinger to wait makes sense, but I don't think Dobby's going to be taken by a young Seattle team that wants to build up unless they're trying to win now the way Vegas did. But it, it worked for Vegas. It worked for Vegas, but and it's still working for Vegas. Three years for the for a guy who's twenty one who is questionably good enough to play in the NHL now is a long time to wait. I, I just don't, especially like, a goaltender, you don't, I don't want to see, I mean, we talked about that. We don't want to throw him in a situation where he's not going to be successful. I think it would be successful though. It's just, it's a hard decision because you're right. He gets to play a lot more, but I feel like he proved himself this year. He did. But he definitely it's... did, but he needs the playing time. He but what happens next time. year if he plays great, <laughs> which I think he will like, well, then, then we have an issue, and then we can use that to, to fix it. And then, I mean, then maybe I don't know. We trade Dobby. I don't know. It, oh, okay. And I'm gonna go into a rant here in in a second as well. I'm tired of people saying keep Dobby and get rid of Bishop. That's How so about stupid. you? That's I, so I'm, stupid. I'm so. <laughs> And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's on all the Facebook groups. It's on all the comments on like uh, defending Big D and the Blackout Dallas uh, yeah. fan sites. It's on Twitter, and I'm just like, do, do, yeah, okay. I, under- I understand that he took us to the Stanley Cup final, but it, it's still been Bishop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. A, a calmer version. 
So, Dobby played outstanding for two and a half months. That is very true. Ben Bishop has played Vesna quality goaltending for at least two years now. For two, I think three years. Yeah, I agree. Three years. <laughs> so, no, we're not going <laughs> to trade the Vesna goaltender. He, no. He is still going to be the starter. It's We're not going to split the games 50 50 when the season starts. Dobby's yeah, the backup. I, I've seen that too. Dobby is the too. backup. Ben Bishop is our goaltender. He is more consistent, even though y'all don't think he is. He is. He lets in a few goals sometimes, and it's obvious because he's so good. <laughs> so it's not normal for him to miss an easy one. Dobby is a great goaltender. Should have won the Vesna two years ago. Should have been at least a finalist this year. So, no. <laughs> Dobby is one of the best goaltenders in the league. Agreed. He is better than Dobby. <laughs> yep. And... I think you just said Dobby is better than Dobby. Bishop is better than Dobby. There we go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let, let, all right. Let's get off of that because we talked about Dobby and Bishop a lot. So we're happy. I still love that, you, Dobby. Yeah. We're, we're, we're happy you're back, but there's also a lot of other stuff in white. Lots of questions. See. We have three good right. goalies right now. <laughs> right. Yep. Which is not a bad thing to have necessarily. It leads to questions. Okay. <laughs> all right. And then, so here's another interesting one that I, I did not see coming. So the Stars went out and signed from the Florida Panthers, Mark Pasek. And they signed him to an almost league minimum $750,000 for one year. And he's and he is a defenseman. And that's what they want him to do. They want him to be the defenseman. But he has also played on the fourth line as a right winger. So if you go and look at the depth chart for on Cat Friendly or whatever... You'll see that it's RW slash D, which you so, never see. <laughs> which you don't. I mean, I mean, the only other person I can think of that did that is Dustin Bufflin, right? He played he played a forward for the Hawks, and then he switched to D, and then got traded to Winnipeg and stayed on D. But uh, that that's an interesting move. What do you think? It's a classic nil depth move. So I'm hoping, I, like, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> Okay, but I'm hoping it's another, it's a good depth signing, especially for a right D-man, which we needed. So it, it he's kind of to replace Johns, not really replace, more backfill, if you will. <laughs> but he's definitely a defenseman guy. He, I think, is most likely a healthy scratch most nights. But he, he he's our depth guy back there. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. And obviously he he did play forward, so maybe weird things could happen with that. I don't know. Uh, Nil does good with depth signings, and he has done well, extremely well the past three years. So mm-hmm. I have no reason not to trust him on it. So here's the other question that I just popped in my head. So we were let's compare this situation to the whole Hudobin Ottinger situation. So do you think that hurts Harley? Or do you think do you think that Harley? Let me ask this question first. Do you think Harley is ready for the NHL right now? Yeah, I see where where, where that question is coming from. It is a very similar situation. It right. seems he, like we're saying to Harley, he, we don't want you to play yet. Right. But or and I, I'm still on the whole. Leave, let's put. And I'm I'm still on the same thing, just like Ottinger. So Ottinger needs more playing time. He needs to be the number one goalie in Cedar Park for a year or two. 
and then Harley needs to stay at that top two pairing yeah. at the I, AHL level so that he gets more playing time. I think if Harley is fighting for a sub role, so a seventh D-man spot, then he won't be on the roster. He'll be in the AHL. But oh, if that's he, if, No, I'm, if I'm he, talking number five or number six. He's he's playing with, let's assume he's playing with Sekera. Do, if he's playing with you... Sekera, I would bring him up, yes. Really? Yeah. But it... If if he shows, so I think what's going to happen in camp is these bottom guy, these bottom D men are going to fight for that sixth spot. And then basically and I think, the question is, is I think whoever wins it should Harley. take it. But if it's a prospect that is second and is in the seventh spot, then you send it back to the AHL to 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 play more because we don't we don't care if this depth guy we just signed plays or not, right? We signed him to a league minimum. He's not a prospect. He he's going to be our our backup, but. Harley can still he still got skill ceiling to play up to, so well, and that's what forget, I think about it. Well, I mean, the, we are like defensemen log jammed at this point. So oh, you yeah. got the you, you got the top four. Okay, I I feel like that's pretty solidified, and especially Alexiak at this point. I think he deserves that top four oh, yeah. role. Definitely, definitely. So Sekera he sucked it up at the beginning, but he's definitely number five. And then number six, you've got all of these players now. So you've got Harley, the our best defensive prospect. You've got Mark Pasick now, who we just signed. You've got uh, Joel Hanley, who definitely proved his worth in the playoffs. You've got Taylor Fredoon, who a lot of people have been arguing over the past year or so has been better than Andre Sekera. And then, so that's four. That's four defensemen that are fighting for for that. You know, for that spot, for the six so that, and seven spots. Well, and, oh, and don't forget Stephen Johns. Assuming, and we'll talk about him yeah. in just a second. That'll be a perfect segue. But and then Stephen Johns. So that's five defensemen. Assuming for that one spot, the number six spot in in the Stars uh, opening night lineup. There, there's the there's the development camp fight. <laughs> I mean, that's what's gonna happen. They're gonna. I bet all five of those guys are on the development camp, and they're gonna. Fight for that spot. We'll see what happens. Definitely okay. something to watch in the preseason. Okay, so we talked about him a little bit, but not a ton. So, Steven Johns. I'm super confused, and I'm also super worried. So, he was part... I, I didn't include him as one of those 13 players, because I don't really know if he's actually injured or not. That wasn't very clear in the article. But... It just said that he didn't feel comfortable playing after a certain period of time in the bubble. Yeah. So to, to me, that says that that's he red got flags. Yeah. That's to me, huge that huge red yeah. flags. To me, that's concussion-like symptoms that he felt again, and he had been warned by doctors multiple times that more concussions could equal brain damage. So I completely understand him not wanting to play anymore for those playoffs because brain damage, obviously, some very serious garbage. <laughs> So you don't want to mess with that, but right now I don't. I'm not sure what's happening with him. I don't know if he expects to play again. Because if he expects to play again, I feel like he would have played again in the playoffs after he like had a minute to see what was going on. But it didn't seem like that was. It didn't seem like he was trying to get back into the game, which is if I thought. I think if a hockey players get thinks it is is trying to get back, he's going to play as soon as he can. 
So I don't know if he's trying to get bought out so he can still get paid, or... I don't know what's happening. I, I, hope I don't that's think not that. The... I don't I hope... think it's that. I hope that's not the case. But if it is, that's really frustrating for Jim Nill, especially, because that's some cap space that he could free up. At the very least, we're going to see him go on long-term injury reserve, I think. Again. Again. So... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what... That's another thing that we just have to watch, because we don't have enough information. We don't know what's going on with that. We don't know if he wants to play. It, right, it all depends on if he's trying to play or not. We're clearly so, speculating at this point. Yeah, there's I mean, no real way to even speculate about it. Right. Right, because I mean, we don't, I, we don't I mean, know if he wants to play or not. I mean, he, he literally could just be like the whole Matt Niskanen thing. Maybe it's just the uncertainty of the economy and the uncertainty of the NHL actually... Because, like, just because we're saying that the NHL is going to come back January 1st, we don't actually know that. There's no set plan. And so that's that's for another day. But that's why not Matt Niskanen uh, retired, uh, the former Dallas star. He retired, and he, he was in the top two. He was a top two defenseman for the Philadelphia Flyers on a really good team this year. So um, we, we may see more of this, this sort of thing where – Players just uh, retire, looking at you, Tuka Rask, uh, just because of the uncertainty of the the economy and maybe it's just some other stuff. It, it, it's been weird. There's been more players that have been like, yeah, I just don't want to play anymore. And they obviously had more years in them. Yeah, so, I, I think a, a global pandemic will give we'll you some perspective too. sometimes. <laughs> it, definitely, it definitely will. All right, we got we have a lot more to talk about, but we're already put we're way over the. Oh well, last limit, thing, let's talk about the did. RFAs. Okay, RFAs, Foxa. Uh, wait, Hints and Guryanov. There's not really much else to say than they need to be resigned. <laughs> which we have there to is, have them. Which there is cap space, and Foxa didn't sign the thing, the thing that Ryan knows what it's called. So he he did not. Uh, file for arbitration. So for those of you that don't know how arbitration works, it's basically a a player and the GM, they go in front of this dude, this arbitration judge basically, and they each make an argument to this arbitration judge. And the arbitration judge then decides uh, what the player is worth and what he should be given. And now... But like most of the, t- and then the team can either agree to take that or not take it. But if he- they don't take the arbitration judge's decision, then he immediately becomes a unrestricted free agent. So the fact that, and I mean, that's very rare that they don't take the arbitration judge's ruling. Um, but the fact that Roddick Fox did not file for arbitration is a very good thing, which means that contract negotiations between him and the stars are at least progressing and going well. So that's a very good thing. Um, I would like to see him sign not for a one- or two-year deal. I'd like to see at least a three-year deal, maybe a four-year deal. Three would, three would be perfect. But yeah, I'm thinking I see, around three million. What do you think? I think three mil for, around three mil for each of them. I think bridge deals are safer, but they're also dangerous because we have Miro Haskin in contract ending in three years. So well, that could no, bring he's got, some... His is after this season. So this he's season? Gonna, yeah. He's, oh. his, I know. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> but we're, we're also losing a lot of players that have uh, some big cap hits already. Yeah, but, but either way, these three guys, 
No need needs to, to resign them pretty much at all costs. He will. It, he will. It seems like he's doing it, especially the arbitration thing is a very good sign that things are going well with all three of them. And I expect to see signing information within a week or two. So I think Foxa, because he is so useful to the stars as a third line center and as a, he does everything. He, he can do power play. He can do penalty kill. That makes him a very good utility guy. I think he gets 3 million. Um, I know Dennis Garyana fled the stars and goals and everything, but I still don't see how he gets more money than Roddick Foxa. I think he probably gets about two and a half plus, maybe 2.75. I can see Garyana like getting three. And then I, I think Hint, and I think Hints will probably Hints will probably get around two, two and a quarter, 2. maybe, 3. maybe, maybe less than two. So, it, it'll be it'll be around there. So basically, I guess what we're saying is, with roughly about ten million dollars in cap space, that's all we've got. So don't expect a huge a huge signing from the. We're not getting Taylor Hall. Quit talking about it. Yeah, I know, right? I, <laughs> it, people don't don't really understand the whole how the whole cap situation works. Yeah. Now I have heard some rumors and seen some things that Radulov may be being shopped around, which. That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it, and it hasn't been a lot of people. Not like the the OEL stuff, the Oliver Eggman Larson trade rumors that he was going to go to Vancouver or Boston or whatever. Nothing like that big, because that was everywhere. But there have just been like one or two, you know, media members that have said that they've heard that Radulov may be moved to make some cap room. Because honestly, at his cap hit at $6 million, that I mean, that's a lot of money. And so if I don't think he's going to do it because Nil is, is I like where our team is. Well, like it's, a, it's a dumb is. thing to do right after you go to the Stanley Cup final, but right, that would the, definitely be the blockbuster trade of the off season. If Radulov gets moved and we sign someone else. So yeah, but that would be at, crazy. I put the probability at like 5%. Five percent. Five. Yeah. Very <laughs> low. And even at 6 million, even if we trade him, we're not getting, Taylor Hall. Yeah, you're still not getting Taylor Hall. <laughs> no, you're not going to get anybody like that. So, just expect the, the not to be there not to be so much stars news after this. Um, now, there is one other thing that I wanted to mention that I thought was very strange. So he he qualified those three guys right. So he qualified Hintz, Garyanov, and uh, Foxa. I mean, that's no surprise out of those three. But he. But he also qualified Joel Lesperance. I'm fine with that. Is that he's, weird? He's played fine to me. He still has potential to be a bottom six guy. He, he skates hard. He's he's pretty fast. But I just don't. I just don't think we have any room for him. I mean, I, I mean, the way that the stars are stacked up now, there's and it's not his fault. It's not the stars' fault. It's just how it's happened. There's he, not really any. He any is the first one out. If we're out of room. I right, think definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I, there's no way we're signing Lesperance and we're not signing one of those other three. So I don't. I think that's a non-story. <laughs> now, all right. So, and then here's one more thing I wanted to mention. Because, and I know we the third on, one more thing. The third one more thing. Yeah, we keep talking about all these RFAs. Uh, a name we haven't heard in a while. Julius Honka. I've seen. <laughs> things that he is he is interested in coming back to the stars now 
I don't think he's coming back this season. And I think the signing of Mark Pasek was the you know okay he's not com- he's not coming. Um, there there were some rumors that he was interested in coming back, but after that signing, I don't think that's happening. So shoot, who knows? Maybe next season he comes back and he he's a I mean he's a puck moving defenseman, and we Traitor. all know that. <laughs> We all know that he likes uh, that. No likes puck moving defensemen. So, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes in the future. So, okay, let's end it at that. We're done. We're done. Y'all get an hour length podcast for today. Thank you guys for listening to Starcaster Remarks, the only Dallas Stars fan led podcast. We'll be back in a couple of days or so to talk about the trades and the rest of the free agency signings going on in the NHL. You can yeah, follow we're, us. We're, we're expecting once a week during yeah. the off season, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, just for just for a little while. So we'll we'll get a regular schedule later. <laughs> yeah, we needed a little bit of a break. So, anyways, you can follow us on Twitter at StarcasticR. Follow us on our Facebook page, Starcastic Remarks, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Comment down below, and you can let us know how stupid we are or how intelligent, smart we are. And then you can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. It's the off season, and we're closer to the season than we think. Only it's about four months. Thank you guys for tuning in. Everyone have a good night, and we'll see you on the show.